You're listening to the Favorite Marriage Podcast, a place where you and your spouse can experience God's favor on your forever. We are your hosts, Monty and Janine Mora. With over 28 years of marriage, our desire is to encourage any marriage in any season to have the favorite marriage. Join us as we explore relevant topics and provide practical tools for your marriage toolbox. Here's this week's episode of The Favorite Marriage. Welcome, friends, to another episode of The Favorite Marriage Podcast, where we are passionate about the married life. Yes, we are. Yeah, now that we're officially in the Christmas season, we wanted to create a mini-series with an emphasis on Christmas symbols, Christmas people, Christmas traditions, and how they apply to the married life. Yes, we are so excited for this mini-series, especially because Christmas is my favorite holiday, and because we are officially in December, we can now say, we wish you a married Christmas. So that's actually what we're naming our mini-series, is Wishing You a Married Christmas. Yeah, before we dive into the content, we'd like to give a Christmas shout-out to Rusty and Heather Bryant. Hey, Rusty and Heather. They host the Redeemed Marriage Podcast, and this couple, if you haven't had a chance, they have an amazing story of restoration and redemption, and so you got to check them out. Uh, So Rusty and Heather, if you're listening, we'd like to say thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in the marriage space all across the nation. You're awesome. Yeah. And if you're looking for another marriage well to drink from, the Redeemed Marriage is one of them. So hopefully hopefully maybe one day we can collaborate together on a show. That would be amazing. So if you're ever in the Colorado Springs area, let's hook up. For sure. Well, Well, let's get started. Yeah, let's get started. Wishing you a Merried Christmas. Right. So we decided as we begin today's content that we would start with the Christmas tree. Now, the Christmas tree in itself is a beautiful decoration that highlights many homes and they can range in sizes from very large Christmas trees like the ones in the White House and in New York, or they can be very little tiny Christmas trees like the one in my classroom. Yeah, right. Yeah. And almost every Christmas tree is decorated with lights, memorable ornaments, and usually topped by a star or an angel or a big giant bow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have three trees right now set up in our living room. Yes. And yeah, they're like the highlight of of our home when you first walk in. Yeah, so let's give a quick little history lesson about how the Christmas tree was introduced to commemorate the Christ child. Now, I was reading an article from Focus and the Family, and they did a write-up on the origin and the meaning of the Christmas tree, which we thought was quite interesting. Mm -hmm, And so this story comes with fairly reliable credentials. So here we go. The first Christmas tree began with a man by the name of Winfred. You might have heard his name. He was an 8th century English missionary to the uh, heathen Saxons of Germany. And when Winfred came to Geismar, I think I'm getting that right, uh, in Hesse, he found there a huge oak tree that was revered by the natives as the sacred god Thor. Like as in the Thor with the hammer? The Thor with the hammer, yeah. So there was a lot of like Greek mythology going on here. And so in the presence of this large number of hostile Saxons, Winfred, what he decided to do is to defy the power and the authority of the gods or the Thor, Mm -hmm. and he attacked the oak tree with an axe. Well, get this. Okay. Before he can cut it down... A mighty blast of wind came and finished a job for him. So this giant tree was literally shattered into like four different pieces. And so as a result, the Germans built the chapel out of the wood from the fallen oak. And then Winfred himself, he went out, he cut a small fir sapling from the forest, 
and he placed it in the chapel as a symbol of the Christ child's birth and the beginning of his reign among his formerly heathen people. I love that. It's like the redemption of the tree. Yeah, exactly. And some say that the great reformer Martin Luther was responsible for following up on this tradition um, by introducing the use of a Christmas tree in the homes of the German people back in the 16th century. Hmm. So there you have it. The history lesson on the origin of the old Christmas tree. I love that. That is that is a really cool story. And I had never heard that until you shared that. So, yeah. So just in that story in itself, there's so much symbolism as to how we can apply marriage principles. So the first one I think of is the word sacrifice. Mm, and word. I can't help to think about your proposal, Monty. Um, if I don't know if you remember I'm sure you do because I know you put a lot of thought and creativity into how you proposed to me back in 1994 during the Christmas season. So you were downtown in Pueblo, Colorado, and you were making a video. So this was all done through video. And one part of the video, he stopped and he, he was positioned in front of this giant Christmas tree. And he began to talk to me through video about how just like the tree behind him represented a sacrifice because it had to be cut down in order for us to enjoy its beauty. And Monty began to say, I am willing to sacrifice (laughs) uh, my life in order for us to join together. And I, at first I didn't know what he was talking about. And then I started, you know, putting things together. I'm like, oh my gosh, he is getting ready to propose to me. Pop the question. Yeah, so it was pretty exciting, but I loved how you used the Christmas tree. And of course, you proposed to me on Christmas Eve in 1994. And that's how we began our journey. And that was, our journey began almost 30 years ago. Yeah, we were just talking the other day, this Christmas is going to be our 30th year celebrating Christmas together. Wow. 30 years. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you talk about... I've loved about, everyone. Yeah, so have I. So have I. It's, it's been a sacrifice. Our, our journey together hasn't been without sacrifice. And you think about like the word sacrifice and like what the tree has to endure for us to enjoy its beauty. Um, I wrote something down here where it says sacrifice is giving up something valued mm-hmm. for something else more valuable. And as we look back at our 28 years of marriage and 30 years together celebrating Christmas, there have been some sacrifices you and I have had to make. Of course. Um, Some of them have been very difficult Mm -hmm. and some were fairly easy. Right. I think back like, I think we've made personal sacrifices. We made financial sacrifices. We've sacrificed our time and just so many other areas in our marriage journey where we have had to sacrifice so that we gave up something valued at the moment for something even more valuable for a better marriage. Right. And when you say that, Monty, I just want to make sure people understand that when we make those sacrifices, it's for the better good. And we usually always gain something back even greater in return. Yeah. There's always a big um, payoff, right? There's there, yes. The big payoff is really good. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about sacrifice. Yes. So just think about the idea of marriage for a moment and how God calls us to make a sacrifice for one another. So when you look at the purpose of marriage, it involves two independent, flawed people, right? Everybody comes to the altar flawed. We're not perfect. And we know that and we recognize that in one another. But we want to join together in hopes that we would fill each other's gaps, right? That we Mm -hmm. would 
be able to help one another out and we would build each other up as a married couple. The journey, like we talked about, comes with many sacrifices in order to make a new life together. Mm-hmm. So if you think of the scripture in Ephesians 5, 25, where the Apostle Paul says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. Marriage is about making sacrifices for one another. And sacrifice is essential in order to mm-hmm. create a strong marriage. A healthy couple has learned how to give up things that are less important for the most important. And that's what Jesus did for us, right? He thought yeah. of the bigger picture when he was sacrificed on the on the cross where he could have asked the angels of heaven to come rescue him. He thought about the bigger picture and what he was doing and he was doing that for us so that we can be one and united with him and have that relationship with him. Yeah, and I love what, what Christ did for us. And even going back to Ephesians 5.25 where Paul says that Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for her. And I think about the context for us as husbands. That is our primary role is mm. to love our wives and to constantly, repeatedly giving ourselves up for her, that making that sacrifice for our bride and our spouse to show her that, you know, to show our wife that we love her, we care mm-hmm. for her, and that she is, besides God, the most important person on this side of heaven. Yes. Yeah, so as we're talking about sacrifice, we can't forget what Christmas entails. It's a season to remember when God came to earth to unite his people to himself. As a baby. As a baby. You know, as we say, five pounds, six ounce baby Jesus. You know, I don't know if he was that small. I can it's, imagine. Yeah, yeah. He could have been bigger. I mean, I really don't Seven know. Seven pounds. Seven pounds, eight pounds. Big yeah. giant baby. Or like our first baby who was almost close to 10 pounds. <laughs> yeah. Woo, big poor Mary. Caleb no, I don't Mora. think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Jesus, the bridegroom, mm-hmm. he came in the form of a man to win his people, which the Bible calls his bride, um, to himself, the church. And he, d- he did this so that we can, we can come back into a covenant relationship with God, which again is a symbol of marriage, right? Marriage is about covenant between a husband and wife and God. And so what Christ did is he came, he died upon a cross, made from a tree. He bore our sins in order that all of us can be made right with the Lord. And what I like about this, especially in the book of Isaiah chapter 11, look at how it describes Jesus Mm -hmm. in a more of like a prophetic or futuristic way. Jesus is described metaphorically as the branch of Jesse that was cut down and he was hung on a cross so the entire world can enjoy the beauty of, here it is, salvation. Mm -hmm. So Jesus comes through this lineage of Jesse. They literally give him the name the branch of Jesse, a tree. Yeah. And he was cut down. He was cut down. Right. I just love that. I love that story that just ties Jesus back into the Christmas tree. That's amazing. So, okay. So we have the Christmas tree and some people go out and they literally cut down a Christmas tree. And that was tradition of old. But nowadays we we make it a little easier and we go to the store and buy one. Um, And that's our route. (laughs) Uh, We have three, like Monty said, small trees. And we'll get a little bit more into the reason for those three trees. But now that you have the tree, you have to decorate it. Right. So let's talk about the tree decorations. So as you look at your Christmas tree, the sacrifice has been made. And so 
now as a married couple, going back to the marriage, as a married couple, you begin to decorate the tree, your marriage. Mm. You decorate that with all these beautiful things that each one of you bring to the tree, right? So you have your ornaments, I have my ornaments, and we put them on the tree and we make it beautiful. We have so many beautiful Christmas ornaments that I just adore every year. I just love unpacking them because there's some sentimental value to them. Yeah. We have our family Christmas ornaments that have our names on them. We have our love ornaments that I buy you every year. So there's just so many precious ornaments. Yeah. People give us ornaments and when we unwrap them. So there's all these ornaments being placed on the Christmas tree that in the same way as marriage we bring things together as husband and wife to decorate our lives. And people also, um, they speak into our lives. They help us build a strong marriage. You know, we don't do this on our own. Yeah. So I, I think of that when we think of ornaments. Yeah. And they've other people have actually added to our decor of our mm-hmm. marriage, right? Oh, yeah. By their advice and wisdom and tools and all those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by the way, I love all of your Christmas ornaments. Yeah. We have boxes and boxes of them. <laughs> so think about the lights. And this is where I think is, is such a, an important part of the Christmas tree, when we light up the Christmas tree, right? So mm. during the day when the lights are off, you know, it looks beautiful. But something actually happens, Monty. And I noticed this the other day and I walked in and I thought, look at all of these open spots like how did I miss that well it was because the lights were shining when I was decorating and then when the lights were off I began to see all these holes like bare spots so it bothered me at first until the Lord gave me this little nugget in my heart I began to think of how again how this relates to marriage and all of these holes in our in our lives these bare spots these parts of our life where There's just nothing shining and it's just Mm. dull. Mm. But the moment we turn on the Christmas tree and the lights shine through. Ah, there you go. You don't see them. You don't see all of those those dead spots. Idiosyncrasies. Yeah, there you go. That word. And it's like Jesus in our lives. Mm. When we allow Jesus to shine in our marriage and he is truly shining and we are allowing him to shine through us, right? That yeah. we are the light of the world, right? The mm, Bible says that's so good. when we allow the light to shine in us, then those things are not as important. Yeah, because the light fills in all of those dead spots or black spots because mm-hmm. it just it illuminates. Right. And I love that. You know, you, you talked about the light of the world and that's what we are to be. That's what our marriage is to be, the light of the world. And so, yeah, keep the light on yes, in our marriage. I love that. And here is... Um, just a little something for all of you OCD Christmas decorators. I am one of those. Anytime now that you see, oh gosh, you know, why is that bulb there and not over here? Or there's two gold balls when there should be a gold and silver. Or, you know, when your yeah. kids help and they just don't put them in the right place. Why don't you try this year just leaving them there and thinking about how beautiful it looks when Jesus comes in and shines mm-hmm. on all of those things that really don't matter. Yeah, so the Christmas tree can teach us a lot about marriage, especially when it comes to the light of Christ being mm-hmm. on compared to where the light is off. And it really comes back down to, um, are you allowing the light of Christ to shine in your marriage? And I know for mm-hmm. us and for all of our listeners, we definitely want the light of Christ to shine bright in your marriage. And not just during this season, but you know the other 
364 days of the year. So I guess the word of wisdom here is let that light shine bright. Yes. Can I just say one more thing? Because I could hear our dog whimpering in the background. In marriage, we sometimes have to make adjustments in order to protect what God has given us. And what have we had to do in the last two years for our Christmas tree? Yeah, we've had to um, make negotiate a- <laughs> and do something different with our mar- our tree because yeah, the dog. We've had to make adjustments to our Christmas tree because she has found the wooden Ornaments. Ornaments, yeah. Um, and she's chewed up a couple of them. So yeah. we've had to make all these adjustments. And so our three trees are a little bare on the bottom. And we made sure to put all of the wood, anything made of wood or anything that we know that she can chew on, up on, on top. I just thought of that funny story, but it's yeah. not actually... It's not funny. It's, yeah, it's real life. It yeah. is real. And so if you're out there and you're thinking, you know, my marriage is under attack right now, mm-hmm. you might have to start making some adjustments in your life and move some things around to yeah. um, better protect what God has given you. Yeah. And you got to start from the bottom up and the bottom to us is the foundation, right? Mm, Sometimes so you good. just got to start from the foundation, making those changes yeah. bottom up so that you can have a healthy marriage and represent a godly Christmas tree yeah. in your marriage. <laughs> That's good. Now, in a previous episode that we titled Slaying Holiday Stress, we talked about a book Mm -hmm. called The Story of the or The Tale of the Three Christmas Trees. And we wanted to really bring that to light during this episode because it's really relative to what we're talking about. You want to. About trees. Yeah, Mm -hmm. talk about that. Yeah. Yes, this is my favorite story during Christmas, second to the birth of Christ. So, The Tale of the Three Trees obviously talks about three trees on top of a mountainside and these three trees each had a dream of becoming something great in the world so Mm. tree one um that tree's dream was to be a treasure box it wanted to be covered in gold and filled with treasure tree two's dream was to be um, a mighty ship that carried great kings on the oceans And tree three was a little more selfish, didn't want to be cut down. It actually wanted to stay on the mountainside and grow tall and be the tallest tree on the mountainside so that it would point to God. And so that when people looked at the tree, they would be looking up to heaven. Mm. So story goes that these three trees were cut down. And of course, the third tree was most disappointed because it wanted to stay on the mountainside. Mm -hmm. But the other two were pretty excited because they were thinking that They were on their way to having their dreams come to pass. Well, the first tree actually was cut down and it was turned into a feed box. The second tree was cut down and turned into just a simple little fishing boat. Mm -hmm. And the third tree was cut into... Like beams, right? Yeah, it was cut into beams and just thrown into the lumber yard. The first tree landed up holding Jesus, which the tree recognized that Jesus was the treasure of the world. That he was holding the feed box, right? Right. And... It, you know, it, that was just amazing for that tree. And it wasn't exactly how it thought it was going to hold treasure, mm-hmm. but how much greater to hold the Savior of the world, right? Yeah, wow. And then the second tree, it Which was... was on, the fishing boat. Right, right. It was on the lake and it had a bunch of travelers jump in the boat and it was in the middle of a storm. And a man got up and spoke to the storm and said, peace. And at that moment, it realized that he was carrying the great king of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. And then the third tree 
was um, finally the beams were yanked out of the lumber yard and it began to be afraid because there was a lot of yelling and yanking and it was being carried by a man. And then mm. all of a sudden, um, this man was being crucified on the beams of this tree and it became really, really sad until yeah. three days later when Jesus rose from the dead and saved humanity. He realized that every time that people would look upon those beams, they would see the cross and be reminded of the power of Jesus' sacrifice mm-hmm. on that cross and yeah. how it saved the world. And so, and ultimately pointing people right. to God. And, the, and so all three of these trees' dreams came to pass, but in such a different way than they expected. Mm-hmm. What we can do is like the story of the three trees, we can allow God to use our story, which could be very different from our expectation, mm-hmm. basically for his glory. Right. And and that's a great analogy, like in marriage. Marriage is, we're always going to be having these moments where we have to pivot and just know that our plan for marriage is not always going to pan out the way we expect it, but we have to work with God and allow his presence and allow his purpose to prevail in our marriage story right and if you think about the third tree's journey it was cut into beams thrown into the lumber yard and it seemed forgotten and right now you may be in a marriage right now where you just feel like i'm useless Mm. this marriage is useless nothing is happening there's just it's it's for nothing yeah and you just don't know what the next steps are but those Two beams that created the cross. Think of the husband and the wife coming back together to be that symbol of hope, Mm -hmm. allowing the sacrifice, the blood that was shed to cover you and to redeem Mm -hmm. what originally you thought were just two pieces of scrap wood in the lumberyard. But how beautiful you allow your marriage to be used to point others to Christ. That's powerful. Yeah. So don't feel like you have no purpose. It's a great redemption story. It is. And I love marriage that. can be the exact same thing. Yes. Very good. Hey, so this year, as you are together with your spouse and your family and you're celebrating Christmas, stop every now and then, take a look at your Christmas tree mm-hmm. and think of the sacrifices you can make as a married couple. Yes. And just like a Christmas tree, others who see your marriage will be able to partake of the beauty of your marriage, especially your children, your family members, and even your friends, your mm-hmm. neighbors, and even your coworkers. Yeah. Yeah. So as you look at your marriage this holiday season, learn to find joy in your spouse, celebrate God's goodness, and know that no two marriages, just like no two trees, are exactly alike. And as we wrap up our time together and put a bow on it, we like to share a few things with all of our listeners. We have our website, thefavoritemarriage.com, and we like to encourage you to go and visit the website. You're going to find additional marriage resources such as blogs, um, bonus episodes, and even the date night challenge. And so that is available for you. It's very interactive, and we love for you to um, take a peek at that. Which also has our blog on there, right, Monty? And uh, we just got notification that from the feed spot, our blog is sitting at what, number 28 out of 60 blogs, marriage blogs? I think 60 or 65 blogs on the web. Our our marriage blog came in at 28. Yeah, so that's cool. Check that out too. We were yeah. excited about that. Thank yeah. you, feed spot, once again. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, we hope you enjoyed this new episode. And if you did, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. 
And please don't forget to share this podcast with your friends. If you enjoy the content, please share, share, share. We appreciate that very much. Yes, we do. Well, that's it for now, everybody. Thank you for joining with us. And we hope to see you next time on the next episode of The Favorite Marriage. And as always, we pray that you would experience God's favor on your forever. Now, let's sing a little Christmas song for our listeners. Ready? Okay. One, two, three. We wish you a, a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. <laughs> there you go. Oh, no. Thanks for listening to The Favorite Marriage, where you and your spouse can experience God's favor on your forever. If you enjoyed this resource, please leave us a review and share it with your friends. We'll see you next time on The Favorite Marriage Podcast.